Okay, so today's term, very important, it's BIP. Uh, what does BIP stand for? Our actual definition, a BIP is a behavior intervention plan. Doesn't that sound like a good thing? It's an action plan based on observations made in an FBA, oh, more jargon, thank you, that outlines how a team will improve difficult behavior that is uh, inhibiting a child's success in school and other environments. Okay, now except for the fact that it's got more jargon, FBA, uh, you know, we can sort of get a sense here that this is something that could be used in school, it could be used at home as a plan based on something um, so that you can improve difficult behavior. Well, I, like I hear that part and my ears pick up, oh, we want to improve on difficult behavior in school and at home. Okay. Um, all right, so moving on to our working definition, a BIP is a behavior intervention plan, a concise plan based on child-specific data for successfully managing challenging behavior. It protects the child from forms of discipline that are not effective, are punitive, and random, right? Um, so it's a very specific thing, it, uh, the BIP, some people call it a BIP. Uh, others do not. They call it a BIP to each their own, right? Um, but the FBA is, and we've done this as jargon as well, is a functional behavior assessment. We don't just come up with a BIP plan and sit around the table and go, oh, let's just decide that this is what's going to work, right? We could do that, and frequently people do, and we find that we are not effective. And especially when we have challenging behavior in a group setting, we want to be effective, right? Because what one child does affects other children and we have the potential for somebody to get hurt, right? So why would we guess? There's no reason to guess. There is something called an FBA that you can do to figure out what, what's happening with the behavior. It finds the function of the behavior. And whenever we want to change a behavior, that's step one figuring out what the function of the behavior is. And there are four usual suspects of behavior, right, that we talk about here on the show all the time, that somebody's doing something because they want to get attention, they're doing something because they want to gain access to someone or something, they're doing something to, to escape someone or something, or the fourth one, which is the hardest one they're doing because there's something about it that's rewarding to them personally. We call that automatically reinforcing. There's something about it that feels good, right? That's the hardest one. But even that one, we can, we, we know, science has shown that there are very effective ways of dealing with those behaviors. Now, up until now, people have had to have great expertise and have to know what that science is to be able to figure out, well, you know, Rebecca is biting other kids at school. We did the FBA and we found out that she's biting other kids to get access to something because if she bites the little kid next to her um, who's holding the toy that she wants, the child drops the toy, runs to the teacher, and Rebecca gets to play with the toy for two minutes while the teacher soothes the other child before she can get to Rebecca and say, you don't get to play with that toy. Um, you bit her. You're in trouble, right? But that two minutes that she got to play with the toy is enough that it's maintaining that behavior and Rebecca keeps biting the people next to her to get their toys, right? So we now know what the function is. She's doing this to gain access to someone or something. It's a thing. She wants to play with that toy, so she's biting, right? So our intervention is going to be vastly different than if she was doing it to get attention. And what are the things that work 
scientifically? Like, because we don't want to have Rebecca. Why would we need Rebecca to be the guinea pig to try to figure out what works when tons of research has been done on this? And there are five or six different interventions that have shown to be time and time again effective at intervening in this setting when somebody is biting to gain access to something. Wouldn't it be great if you could know what that was without having to be an expert and having to go to school for seven years and have 20 years of experience? The truth is, is that every, all of us have access to that now because skills came up with something called a BIP builder. And if you put in the function of the behavior and you write, you have a place where you can type in, this is happening in this location, the name of the student, right? What's the function of the behavior? It's gaining, and it has a drop down menu, right? So you can just click on it, you don't have to type it. Uh, and then it will walk you through the different steps of a BIP uh, that you want to build properly. Like it will talk to you about what are some antecedent strategies that you can do. Uh, that maybe giving the child access to that toy earlier in the day so that they're not feeling like, you know, when it gets to playtime, I never get to play with that toy, right? That might be an effective antecedent strategy. It'll give you a bunch of different choices for what would be effective, and it's all science-based, right? Then um, it asks you, you know, it, it will give you a choice of consequence strategies that you could potentially put in place that you can choose between. Well, these are what are shown to be effective. If she still bites someone, what you would do, right? And my favorite part is that it will pop up warnings. If you put something in, it will pop up warnings if you're being led astray off the path of what's effective, right? Doesn't mean that you can't do it, but it's a, it will give you a warning. It'll say, you know, this has not been found to be effective when, when doing this unless, right? And so you don't know, that's the circumstance. Um, and it won't let you finish a BIP builder without giving a replacement behavior. Oh, this is the best thing, and I can't tell you how often even professionals will write a BIP and leave a replacement behavior out, and this is really what changes the tide, is that it will, you know, give a whole set of things that you could potentially do, uh, so that, because what we want is for this little girl to appropriately ask, can I play with the toy now, and learn how to wait for the toy, right? And it will hook you up to lessons that will teach that, so she doesn't have to bite somebody to get a toy. What a lovely thing. And you can access that in Skills or you can get it separately at www.skillsbipbuilder.com. Anytime that your child is engaged in a behavior at home or at school that you see time and time again, it's worthwhile to say to the team of people that you're working with, and hopefully you're working with a team of people, this is a behavior that is getting in the way of our progress. What can we do to target this? They'll do an FBA and they will write a BIP and then everyone who comes into contact with the child will adhere to the rules in the BIP. Now, Whenever, you know, uh, parents will write in a lot and say, you know, my child's a student at this and so school, and I get a note home from the teacher saying, your child, you know, hit another child, period. And the note goes home, and the parent goes, what am I supposed to do with this, right? I'm not, what would you like me to do? Have the long arm of Flexigirl from The Incredibles to reach my arm all the way to school to go, don't do that? What, why, you know, like I love the information, but what is expected of me? And truthfully, when you get, if you get one of those notes home from school, it's a call to school saying, hey, has this happened before? If it has, I'd like an FBA because let's make a BIP.